Hello, all you beautiful people. I'm Amber Enerson. I'm Kelsey Enerson. And this is our podcast called You Are the Alchemist. This week, we're covering the topic of the subconscious mind and how that affects most of our actions and behaviors. So the subconscious mind is actually 95% of our normal behaviors, actions, emotions. It pretty much controls everything that we feel or do, and it's a lot of what has been conditioned into us ever since we were young and doesn't necessarily come from our own belief systems or our own truths or, you know, how we choose to exist in life, but it can often be a huge roadblock to any kind of change because when 95% of your brain is subconscious and the other 5% is conscious, most people try and make changes within their conscious mind And if you are not actively thinking of those thoughts all the time, you're not paying attention to the the patterns and different conditioning that has occurred that has made you who you are now. And then it's really difficult to make changes because you're not changing that programming. You're just changing at like a surface level, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was actually kind of talking about this last night with a few of our friends. Um, We had talked about like how when you're younger, you're kind of, formed to think certain ways about certain people or certain uh, groups of people or, you know, danger zones or, like, take, for instance, I was watching this funny TikTok, actually, like, just for example, the you can't swim until, like, 20 minutes after you've eaten or something, right? right. you know, and, like, yes, that's kind of good to follow because you could get bloating or whatever, but, like, as a child, we thought, oh, my God, if I go swimming within that 20 minutes, I could, like, I'm going to drown and I'm going to die. Like, that's that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> right. But, like, even as an adult, you have that subconscious thing telling you in the back of your mind, like, I better not go swimming. Like, I better not yep. get in the water because I just ate. But, like, in all reality, like, the chances of something happening to you with at, after just eating, like, some chips or a sandwich – if you go swimming, like, the the chances are extremely slim. Right. But, like, there's still that subconscious thing telling you in the back of your mind, don't go in the water. Or, uh, like, I don't know if any of you guys had parents that told you, like, don't turn on the light in the the car while we're driving. Like, the cops are going to pull us over. And, like, that still sticks with me. Like, it's not illegal. I'm pretty sure it's not illegal to turn on the light in the car. distraction. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but, like, growing up, I was like, oh, my God, my mom's going to go to jail if I turn on the light in this car. <laughs> like, and that, you know, that stuck with me my whole life. So, like, when I'm driving and I'm like, oh, I can't find something and I need to turn the light on, I, like, hesitate. Subconsciously, like, I'm being told, like, don't turn the light on because I was told at such a young age, like, you can't turn the light on. Right. So it's, like, those small things that – and, like, that is just a very minuscule example of that like there are far more severe things that we're taught when we're younger that affect our adult life now but that's just like a simple illustration illustration of like how something so small can affect your adult life exactly and that um that's because between the ages of zero and seven we really don't have like any functioning in our brain to process the difference between reality and truth 
and what we're taught or what we're told. And that can go even into a lot of your self-worth issues happen between those ages because a child automatically blames themselves for anything that they do. And children are already extremely hard on themselves because they have so much that they're trying to learn and process and deal with and figure out. And if there is anything, sometimes even like the smallest amount of uh, reprimanding or punishment because they do something that to them is just natural. It's just naturally who they are. But because they were punished for it or because they were reprimanded for it, then that part of them means that it's something that's wrong with them or that they failed at or that they're not allowed to do because it's not accepted. And if I do do that, then I'm not going to be loved and I'm not going to be accepted and I'm not going to have a sense of community. And every single person is wired for that sense of community. All humans are like genetically, I don't even know, I don't even know if it's like genetically, but humans are wired for connection. You're wired for community. You're wired for relationships. And if there's something like that, especially at such a young age, that could possibly compromise any relationship with parents, peers, friends, teachers, whatever it may be, then often that becomes a big don't do this or you're not able to do this. Just like the light with the cops. You don't want to turn the light on because the cops are going to pull you over. I think a good prime example of that is um, a lot of us, at least in this generation, I think um, we were told, and previous generations, of course, as children, we were, and I think boys more than girls, but both, both, um, we were always taught not to cry, like, or uh, especially boys, like, don't whine, don't cry, like, just shake it off. Like, boys don't cry. That's not a manly thing to do. And uh, even girls, too, like, we didn't, we weren't really allowed to show those kinds of emotions. Like, it, that's not a big deal. Just get over it. Like, get over your feelings. And, like, while, yes, to an adult, what's happening to a child is not a big deal, that child has nothing to measure it to. So something that may not be a big deal to an adult is a big deal to a child because they haven't experienced the hard things that adults have experienced. Right. So as soon as they're told, that's not a big deal, don't worry about that, stop crying. That's teaching your children to not show emotion. And that's something that a lot of peers of mine struggle with is like they're adults now and they have no idea how to deal with their emotions because they were taught to just suppress them and they were taught right. to not deal with them. So they have all these unresolved issues because at such a young age they were taught that's not important. Your feelings don't matter. Stop crying. Stop worrying about it. So now we have all these mentally unhealthy, unstable adults running around that have no idea how to confront any of their emotional issues. Right, and that comes down a lot to emotional regulation, too. If you don't even know how to approach the subject of your emotions or how to make yourself feel okay and comfortable for having those emotions, then you're not going to be able to regulate those emotions, which ends up, like you said, with people repressing them or people numbing them, or a lot of times that can even lead to addiction. And different things like that because eventually their normal way of 
repressing their feelings or numbing themselves starts to not work anymore. And then that leads them into addiction or other things that come about, sometimes even relationships. They numb themselves with focusing more on the other person or making sure that the other person constantly feels okay. And you can even go a little bit the opposite way of where you're so connected to allowing everybody to feel their emotions that you end up accepting things you shouldn't accept that are actually toxic and harmful to you. Yeah. But because you weren't allowed or your emotions weren't accepted, you try to make space for that other person's emotions to be accepted. Yeah, like if someone in the household's emotions, like, overpowered yours, a parent, a sibling, whatever it may have been, if that always seemed to take precedent over how you were feeling, you grow up and think, my feelings don't matter, but their feelings matter. So whatever they say goes, and I'm just going to deal with it. And then you end up in a toxic environment where you're mistreated and you just get walked all over the whole time. And you just feel like it's normal. Right. Like, that's how you grew up. That's what you were conditioned to believe was right. Exactly. And that also leads into the other unhealthy ways of, like coping with emotions, like sometimes that can lead into self-harm. Mm. That can lead into putting yourself in risky or dangerous situations so that you feel anything because you've spent so many years feeling nothing. And the thing with emotions is that your emotions don't have to completely take over everything. But because you're not consciously aware of those emotions or you're, the ways that you deal with those emotions you're not taking the actions from a subconscious point of view to give yourself that space to have healthy emotional reactions, but also to know when your emotions are out of line because there has to be a balance. And every emotional response is actually only takes 90 seconds for an emotional response to move through your entire body. But a lot of times... People won't allow themselves to feel those emotions, so those emotions actually get trapped in your body, and that is what later leads to excessive inflammation, or it leads to, you know, your body literally becoming unhealthy and turning against itself because you have so many trapped emotions. Emotions are energy, so if you're not expressing those emotions and you're hiding them or you're not allowing them to move through your body, you're actually trapping them within yourself. And then that causes later health issues. Yeah, I mean, even doctors will say that stress affects your health. Like, it's not just any wishy-washy witch stuff that right. like, we're talking about. It's not, It stress comes from all over the place. And stress can come from your childhood issues that you haven't resolved. And stress is hard on the heart. Stress is hard on the mind. Stress is hard on every body part. Mm-hmm. So... It truly is healthy to acknowledge your emotions, process them, and let them go. Like, it's not healthy to keep all that negativity in your in your body. And I just said negativity really weird, so <laughs> I'm going to fix that so everyone knows I can talk. Um, but, yeah, that's something that I had to learn. Like, uh... Like Amber had mentioned, like I I struggled with self mutilation when I was a teenager, because, um, like I I felt very alone. I I 
didn't really have anyone that I thought could understand me because I was going through a lot that I'm not going to get into right now because it's just too much. But um, I didn't have anywhere to put my feelings. I didn't have anyone to confide in. My parents weren't emotionally available for me to talk to. Um, I was in church. There was no one safe to talk to there. And um, I don't know. I just got the desire or instinct. I don't really know what it was, but I just, you know, I started cutting myself and burning myself. And, you know, I would hit myself. Just, I, I think it was like a control thing. Like I knew that I could control what pain I felt. And I couldn't control the pain that I was feeling inside. So, like, I was possibly trying to distract myself with physical pain instead of focusing on the internal pain. And honestly, I've never, like, like went deep into figuring that out. And it's probably something I should, should do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all of these things take time. But I, but as I started processing and actually acknowledging the feelings that I did have, and I did come out as gay, and I did, you know, realize that I was being in a terrible sexual abusive relationship, you know, those feelings of wanting to self-harm, they faded away. And, like, sometimes throughout those years, they would, they would creep back in, but... You know, I had the wherewithal and the knowledge of myself to not give in to that. Um, but yeah, it can definitely, it can definitely stir up just any kind of helpful seeking, like drugs, like she was saying, like drugs help you forget a lot of things and alcohol helps you forget, but only for a moment, you know? And so suppressing those feelings is more unhealthy than, and I know a lot of people think that like, oh, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to think about it, it makes me feel like shit when I think about it. Well, alcohol makes you feel like shit, drugs make you feel like shit, your life spins out of control, that makes you feel like shit. You don't have control over your life when you are not controlling your mind either. So, yeah, it's going to hurt for a little bit, and yeah, it's going to trigger you, and yeah, it's going to suck for a long time. And, like, I know that. I've been through it. But on the other side of it, it's so relieving, and it's it's a really terrible journey sometimes, but it can also be a beautiful journey. Right. And that, along with the feelings of control, not that I'm trying to psychoanalyze you or anything, but it also is a release. You literally always psychoanalyze me. I can't even, like, go to dinner without with you without you trying to psychoanalyze Okay, me. but that's, like, my natural state of mind. I can't help it. That yeah. was, for me, that was my control as a child, was being able to read the room and the people and figuring out what was going with everyone else so that I could actually con- conform and manipulate my behavior into whatever would keep me out of trouble or which whatever would keep me from being seen or from being bothered. So that was always my automatic way to gain control. And then along with the self-harm, I never experienced that. But for you, that's a release. Like even your tattoos, that's a release. 
when you go and get your tattoos done, you're releasing that pain in a healthy and beautiful and artistic way. Yeah, but it fucking hurts now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even like getting tattoos anymore. I get scared. I take a nap when I get yeah. my tattoos. Well, you're a <laughs> psychopath. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. But it, everybody on a subconscious level understands that there has to be a way for them to release their emotions. And a lot of times it'll be from extroverted behavior or from like explosive behavior or from just flipping out. Because as soon as they flip out and lose their mind and lose their shit, they feel so much better because they've now released all of that anger or pent up frustration or the stress. They've been able to release that, which then damages their other relationships because you're explosively behaving in a way that's not healthy for anyone around you. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of you know someone that lets things bury, 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 and then boom, ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And I've been that before. Yeah. I have been that before. I've also been the person who numbs. For years, I drink probably more than anybody should be drinking. And eventually, I came to the realization that it's just a Band-Aid. Like, it's not actually fixing anything. It's not making me feel any better. And it just, everybody's always seeking a way to release or to process those emotions, but very few people actually realize that there is healthy ways to do that. For me, like, I journal. I do yoga. If I'm really, really pissed off, I will just run. I'll run my ass off until I literally can't stand anymore because it just gets out all of Which that is stuff. like half a uh, no. <laughs> no. I can do a four-minute mile on a bike, thank you. You said run. Yes, no, running, running, my heartbeat usually gets way too high, but I can do about a mile and a half before I'll collapse and then can't catch my breath. <laughs> the only time I'm running is if my kid runs away with me or if someone is chasing me, so <laughs> that is not my release. <laughs> But then that's where yoga comes in because you're just stretching and moving and just moving all of those things out of your body. But there's also, along with the extroverted and explosive behavior, there's also introverted ways of dealing with feelings, which comes down to like the self-mutilation or the numbing because you know that you can't express those emotions outwardly and you don't want to put those emotions on anybody else. You keep everything internalized. And then unless you have someone in your life that is very, very aware and can pay attention and who knows things about the way that you release your emotions or the way that you feel your emotions, a lot of times it gets out of hand and you end up sometimes in the hospital or you end up with scars all over your body because there was no one there. Yeah. I tattooed over my scars. (laughs) There's one that I have not tattooed over yet, but we're getting there. But, yeah, I think a lot of this, it does circle back to the subconscious because we're subconsciously suppressing things that we don't want to face. And mm-hmm. it is something that we do when we don't want to face something. We do black out those times in our life. Yep. There are there are points in my life that I don't even remember because my subconscious has protected me from those times right and and that's another thing that the subconscious does is they'll repress it'll repress memories that 
the mind isn't sure that it can handle, you know? Yep. Like, any kind of traumatic experience. Some people will get complete amnesia from something, and they won't remember any of it because it was too much for the mind to handle. And the sub- it's still there in the subconscious, and it'll come out in other ways. It can come out in dreams. It can come out in flashbacks. It can come out. It, it One day you can just get triggered and remember all of it. And right. The subconscious is such an, a, it's so intelligent and it's so scary and it's so amazing at the same time. It's just, but it does hold the key to the majority of change. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> change, transformation. And honestly, like we will get more and more into the subconscious mind. It is way too much to get into one episode. But she's absolutely right. Like, your subconscious mind's number one job is to keep you safe and to turn everything into automatic responses that will keep you safe. So when you're repeatedly told something, like with emotions, you're repeatedly told you can't feel that, that's not okay, that's not an appropriate emotional reaction, your subconscious mind stores this for future reference because it will keep you safe in the future. Because at one point in time, if we did not have the support of our community, we would not survive as a human. Because, I mean, that's not as much what we have to deal with now. We have the capacity now to be autonomous and completely isolated. And we still will be able to survive, especially with, like, the internet and stuff. But the subconscious mind is, like, the reptilian oldest part of our brain. And when we're not running from an actual life threat, it will almost create threats that it has to protect itself from because that's its natural order of things. And a lot of people just want their brain to turn off. But if you turn off your brain, you'll die. Like your brain runs every function in your body. So it's more learning about your subconscious mind, becoming aware of it so that you can actually use it to benefit you rather than severely be detrimental to the rest of your life and your relationships and your choices. And that's really what the key is and what makes it the most fascinating to me. And one of the key parts of any type of healing, mental health, mindset journey, personal development journey that you go on. Anything else you want to add before we we close up this week? Nah, that's all I got. My subconscious is done. (laughs) Your subconscious is done for today. All right. Well, it was good talking with all you guys. Hopefully you got some great knowledge out of here. Again, if you have any questions, concerns, if there's anything you want us to cover, I did post the email address that we utilize for our podcast in the description section of our podcast episodes. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, send us a message. We're really here to connect with you guys and do the best that we can to offer you resources that will help your own journey. All right, until next week. (laughs) All right, see you later.